This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to this week's Noon Dish. It is Wednesday, a little afternoon. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. We're looking live at... The wilderness that is Don Callahan's man cave. If we if we watch closely, we can catch him at work, providing the the intel and the scoop that you guys know and love at InsideCarolina.com on the Tar Pit Premium Message Boards. We're always sponsored by Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Be sure to check them out. Always check them out. Take care of them. They take care of us. They will take care of you. Maybe they'll take care of Don Callahan and get him some new clothes as well so we can get rid of some of this Philly gritty stuff. Today's new dish, we'll talk about Don Callahan's top 25 state of North Carolina. It dropped in his weekly scoop on Tuesday. Uh, Don always does the 50, but this week or this year is the top 25. We'll also answer a couple of viewer questions, including one of our own. John Siegley dropped us a question a couple of weeks ago that we'll talk about. And it's relevant. It's relevant to the discussion of college football recruiting. It's relative to... NIL is relative to facilities, um, relevant to all that stuff. So we'll discuss that and also our top five lists, top five scary movies. So drop those in the chat. Drop questions in the chat for Don. Um, before Don gets here, I, I want to point you guys to a couple things. Raise your hand in the chat if you've listened uh, to the Drake May Players Lounge. If you have, make sure you check out the Cayman Rucker Players Lounge. Taylor Viplis and Joey Powell dropped that today, um, or it dropped on the website today this morning. Rucker, of course, um, one of those guys that North Carolina fans um, have to love, undersized, but gets every bit of talent and effort in that smaller package to produce for North Carolina and Gene Chiswick on the defensive side. Rucker talks about his personal journey, his faith, also his uh, stature and the chip that he plays with on his shoulder because folks will um, will often underestimate him. He also talks about expectations for the defense and what last season showed him and the rest of the guys and also expectations for the team as a whole. So Players Lounge, uh, Cayman Rucker, great interview. We're going to be dropping these Players Lounges all, all summer or most of the summer. Um, got a pretty good one lined up for next week as well. So make sure you check those out. We'll try to drop them Wednesdays um, in the morning usually. A lot goes into it. And shout out to Graham Boone at Hills for Life and, and his student interns that are helping us line those up. Hillsforlife.org, of course, North Carolina's Football Collective. Um, you know, don't boo, send money. That's the point uh, today in these uh, NIL world. 
So anyway, drop questions in the chat for Don. He'll get in here. I will tell you this. Um, it is the off season, but also if you haven't checked out Jason Staples scouting reports on Tar Pit Premium message boards, he is dropping those every day. I saw Will Hardy's up there. I saw Antavis Lane. Just for podcast purposes and your and y'all's purposes, Jason and I will record um, a podcast after every position group, before every position group, where we discuss um, what he's learned, what he expects, and what he sees from each relevant group and that'll be all summer type deal i think last year and i can be corrected but i think last year jason did 50 plus player evaluations and it's one of the more fascinating pieces that we do on the uh you know to do on inside carolina in in the quote unquote off season there he is folks ladies and gentlemen that is don callahan in the wild he is currently muted i would assume he can hear me I definitely can hear you. Yes. Thank you for telling me I was muted because then I would have started talking without unmuting. Well, I, I've, you know, we got to call people out at least once a show for being muted. Um, Don of the big microphone fame. Why'd you stop using the headset just out of curiosity? Um, I don't know. I just don't like it. I mean, I don't, it's not like it, I guess don't like it is, is a strong phrase, but uh, kind of like the microphone a little bit better. Give me more freedom. Yeah, I have one more request, and I don't know if people care about this that watch the show, but can we get something on your wall back there on the uh, over your, I guess, left shoulder? It's really bare. Oh, I'm moving the trash can because it's gross. (laughs) Um, I think it might be. So we have guests, so things get shifted around a bunch. So, I mean, I can't. I don't think you want me to spend any podcast time. No, I do not. But for next time, and I, and I've got a gap back there behind me that I yeah I just been too lazy getting a poster up there. It'll be a poster. But hey, we, hey cool. before we jump into it, we got to give our MVP. Okay, I'll let you. I, I didn't that. consult with you. We had basically three options because I think only three people really were active in the chat last week. But uh, Sean, is it Cr- uh, Crowley? Crowley. Crowley. Sean Crowley. This podcast is dedicated to you, Sean. So thank you, Sean, for being. Is Sean in here today? I uh, see him yet. If he's not, he will be, or we'll get a text saying that he watched later. And um, mm-hmm. you get your own personal tour of uh, Don Callahan's High Dollar Neighborhood and the Man Tower with the eighteen. Oh, High Dollar! You got to go over to Tommy's <laughs> Tommy's neighborhood, where all those uh, district attorneys live in Clayton. Yeah, not 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 in this part of town. This is uh <laughs> this is the ragamuffin section. Even though I did get the grass looking pretty good, um, finally. That's important. Anyway, Hubert Hoyle asked for an update on Ross Martin. It's out there. Yeah, I so, will say that it is out there for you to look at. So here, I'm going to go into the chat, and I'm going. Wait, let me see. I'm, I'm going to put in. Sh- should we tell people what this is, or should we not? Just, I am not advertising. All right. So this is what I'm going to, to just put this in the chat. You guys watch this link. Don't worry. It's not. It's not porn. Um, and um. Draw your own conclusions. You may need to look very carefully, you know. Um, don't blink. To see, to see, yeah, to see what, yeah, don't blink. Um, but yeah, I'm going to uh, put this in the chat right now. Sorry, I'm doing it on my phone. But, yeah, we're wasting time. We're wasting time. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll do this I, while we're continuing to talk. All right, so what, what else do we have going on? I miss, I, I heard you talking, but I, I wasn't, I obviously wasn't listening to you. I was doing an interview. We'll have it up. A kid who just, UNC just offered 
Carlos Mitchell. I, I'm assuming I didn't ask him because I was trying to rush through the phone call, but I'm assuming he had finals or something. So, or maybe he was just on his lunch break and that worked best for him. But this is the time that him and I were able to kind of get on the phone. So yeah, we'll have we need, up we need to let we need to let him know and let these guys know that on Wednesdays at noon you're taken. You're working. <laughs> if they want to join the show, they're welcome to. Speaking of graduation, while you're doing that, so before you focus, went over to the elementary school and. and uh, my youngest son had graduation walk. They they wear their caps and gowns and they walk through their elementary schools. So that was pretty cool. Oldest didn't get to do it in COVID. So I think he was pretty jealous. But yeah, that's a pretty cool aspect of, of high schools around here, at least. I don't know if they do it everywhere, but I think it's pretty neat. Kids walk through their old yeah. elementary schools, see their old teachers or whatever. So anyway. No, that's, that's no, I think that's awesome. That's what we were doing uh, as we... Uh, we're getting as I was gearing up for this podcast. So today, Don, the, the number one thing we're going to talk about, and also top five lists, top five scary movies. Scary movies. Scary movies. I I have a, a couple and maybe three, um, but I don't know if I have five. We'll see. Because yeah, most I'm of them are, be- are most of them are usually the same movie, right? Just different people, different. Yeah, I'm not a big scary movie person, so I'm not going to be great at this, I don't think. So, But I'm going to definitely contribute. Yep. Shout out to John Fox in the chat, watching it, listening while he's actually in his home state of North Carolina. So anyway, appreciate all the viewers that come in. Hey, there's some diehards, there's some new faces, so we always appreciate you guys. Um, and it is important to us. That I know a ton of people watch this after the fact, but it is cool that, that folks join us here on Wednesdays at noon. I had a bowl of cereal for lunch, so there will be some dish afterwards. Don, top 25 North Carolina. First of all, before we get into the list, how, how much time goes into creating this specific list that you do every year? So I have changed it the last couple of years. The, the prior versions when it was a top 50 with 25 additional honorable mention i put a ton of time in what i what i've changed and people have seen this through the weekly scoop and and i plan on doing it again is like for so for the next class the 2025 class yes i will have kind of like a not a ranking but kind of like some sort of tier system to kind of post right before the season to kind of give people an idea of just what we're looking at as far as like what recruits are in state. And I think I updated that a second time, I think coming out of of the season for the 24 class. I think I did that in in January. That kind of helps me get a gauge, a grasp of the group of, of the list. Uh, But I purposely don't rank it. I kind of just tear it up to kind of idea. And, um, and then, yeah, so a lot of time, you know, watching film, you know, my opinions obviously change when I go and see a lot of these kids in person to get get some eyes on them, to see them in practices, you know, to see how they move and, and answer some additional questions. I obviously talk to, you know, I mean, high school coaches, college coaches, scouting services, other writers, getting opinions, getting thoughts. I want to I want to see if there's anything that maybe I did not notice in a lot of these kids and get just kind of thoughts and feelings and then, and obviously put it together. And, and I got to say, well, this class in particular was a little bit harder than normal. Well, I think a couple of things I want to explore there. You're talking about it. 
one, seeing them in person, because I don't care the amount of film you watch. You have to see somebody in person to yeah. understand their size, um, their physical build, you know, what they're going up against. Because, you know, a lot of times people look bigger on film because they're going up against smaller people and vice versa. So that aspect of it. But also, how much film do you watch? Like, like versus seeing them in person. And, and when you go in person, somebody might just be having a bad day. A teenager might just yeah. be having a teenage day and you don't get a good impression of them. So what's the weight there versus person, film, and then pulling from, you know, maybe other scouts or other evaluators? Yeah. So obviously, you know, I mean, Tommy, you remember this, you know, 10, 15 years ago, finding film wasn't always easy. Online, finding film wasn't always easy. I mean, when I started, we were literally collecting VHS. Yep. That was that was a that was a thing. DVD made it a little bit easier. Now, I mean, you name you name a kid, I can easily put it in Google, and the Huddle Film pops up. I can look at it really quickly, which is great when North Carolina initially offers a kid, so I can I can just watch you know the first two minutes of his highlights and get a good grasp of what type of player he is, sort of thing. Now, I do try to that. I feel like the highlights they give you a an idea. But I think when you're trying to rank a lot of these guys, you kind of have to fill in a lot of gaps that the highlights kind of leave open. You know, especially if you look at, and this is more for when I was doing the top 50, you know, the top 25, your pool of guys you're looking at is so small, but the top 50, I mean, I would look at like 10 running backs and they, you know, give or take are basically all the same when you're looking at them. But when you see them in person, you can kind of see their build. You can kind of talk to them. You can see them run if you're going to a practice or a combine or a 707. And, and that matters. You can see how they catch, you know, um, what type of catch. I mean, they're fighting the ball sort of thing. You know, quarterbacks is really important. DBs, I mean, their, their highlight film is tough. I mean, you can see some athleticism and all that. But as far as, like, actual coverage stuff, which coaches don't worry so much about because a lot of these kids don't have true coverage ability until they get – to um, the high school level. But I mean, you watch a highlight film, a lot of it is like a quarterback overthrows a receiver and the DB makes the interception and returns it, which is great. But does that tell us anything? You know what I mean? And so yep. you see a lot of that. You don't see the, you know, the, the, the progression of the route and what the, how the DB, a lot of times you don't see the progression route and what the DB does and all of that. So um, a lot of that stuff you could pick up in seven on sevens, definitely and in person so the actual breakdown i mean usually i mean you know how it is I mean, we're always talking about kids but i guess officially for the ranking usually i try to have like my first rough draft put together and then i'll reach out to a couple of other writers a couple of scouting services you know there's some people who i really trust who i actually will give the list and, and ask them for feedback and these people are people who know i'm not going to get upset for um being critical, um, which is great. Um, you know, so a lot of that happens in, in, in the, the weeks kind of leading up to it, but, um, you know, and it depends on the kid, you know, for example, my number, my number 25 is a kid committed to, um, to Virginia tech from Mount Airy and have not seen him in person, you know, and just because North Carolina hasn't, wasn't, wasn't recruiting him at all. He's up there in the mountains and um, he hasn't been at a camp that I've been to. So I'm obviously at a little bit of a disadvantage with him, but typically that doesn't happen very often. 
you know, a guy that I have ranked up there that I have not seen. All the other guys I've seen multiple times. I mean, Jordan Ship, I've seen way more than I than I can count. You know, um, Jaden Davis, I've been seeing. I've seen him since he was the first time he was a it was a ninth grader. You know, <laughs> so so we're talking about four years. I've seen this kid throw and grow and all that. So I've seen a lot of these kids a ton. Interesting, Mount Airy, Mayberry. Andy Griffith, Pilot great Mountain. Great place, great place to visit. It is. Have you ever seen Pilot Mountain with the with the fog is around it and it's just like the two knobs are sticking? It's it's a fabulous place. Yeah. Anyway, looking at the list, uh, looking at and Paul H in the chat says most what's the most difficult position or position group to evaluate in high school level and any answers his own question there. Oh well, by far. I, I mean, I don't think there's any question of that on that. Don, when you look at this, have you ever seen, give me an occasion. Have you ever seen a situation where, and you need to get off your phone. I feel I'm like trying I'm to send this, I'm trying to send this link. And then for some reason, I don't know if it's because it's a link. Because it didn't come through. Just go check Max, uh, Max streaming services on Twitter. And is there ever been a time where you have a guy that you think should be ranked in the top five, whatever. Mm-hmm. and everybody else has him down, maybe yeah. 15, 20, or vice versa. I mean, how does that work? I know you guys evaluate, but ultimately this is Don Callahan's list. Isn't This isn't 24-7's list. It's your list. Yeah. How, does, how do you sort of meld those ideas together if you see a guy that you think is clearly better than the ranking or vice versa? That is probably the most difficult thing because – one, you're second guessing yourself because you're like, okay, what am I missing that everybody else is seeing? Two, even though everybody wants variety, they really don't. If you notice any time there is some sort of outlier for any of the rankings, if you're comparing even the national rankings, people automatically attack that outlier as if there's something wrong with it, as if they're wrong because the other ones have the same. So really people don't want you know, differences in rankings. They want a consensus. And in reality, as I've said many times before, this is an art, not a science. We are not, there is no way we're going to um, all truly agree. I mean, you and I could probably sit and watch five random recruits and, and then afterwards not be allowed to speak, rank them, and we're going to have different rankings. So that's just how it is. And the other fact of it, and what I kind of use to kind of help me have the courage to step outside the lines is that if we, when, when we look back at whatever ranking it is, we are far more likely to be wrong than we are to be right. Because you go back, my rankings, 24-7's rankings, and 24-7 does a really good job, rivals, whoever it may be, look back, tons and tons of mistakes in those rankings just because of... There are countless variables that we're not accounting for when we're doing these rankings. So I try to keep that in mind. You know, the the guy I had in my top five that I'm sure is not in most people's is who I just mentioned, you know, Jordan Ship, who is a receiver I think is just an absolute stud. I understand. I I was more comfortable with him in the top five, considering it goes against everybody else's, because I understand why. They, they don't have him ranked highs because there's question marks about his speed. Um, whereas for me, I think, well, this kid's mentality compensates so much more for a lot for, for that. 
you know. Um, but anyway, so that was my one. And I also have another another guy I mentioned earlier who I don't have in my top five. A lot of people have number one in this state. Um, and I don't even have him in my top five. Um, does, he, does he throw the football a lot? Yeah, Jaden Davis. <laughs> and that's so, another so one. Tell me why is that? Why, uh, I'll put you on spot. Why, why do you have him down a little bit? So I think he's a good player. And I think that because I mean, I think a lot of these times when you don't agree, also people automatically think you, you, you're saying he's a terrible player. He's not going to mount anything. Yeah. And, that, and that's not what I'm saying. I mean, I think I had him number eight. Yes. And so um, I could definitely, and you know, number eight player in the state could definitely be a starter at a Big Ten school like Michigan. I could definitely see that. I think, though, um, you know, so, so I think that's kind of where. I project him. I don't, you know, we have him, I think in the 24 seven sports composite, he's a five-star, which would imply that he's a first round draft pick, a, a, a future first round draft pick. I don't believe that. I hope he is. He's a great kid from a great family. I don't see that when I watch him, I see a kid who is one is really, he's reclassified. So he's actually older than most of the, um, uh, his peers, mm-hmm. um, in high school. So, so we're getting closer to his ceiling than some of the other guys. Now, reclassifying for quarterbacks is not uncommon, not uncommon for basketball players, not uncommon for baseball players. So it happens all the time. But we are when you do that, you when you're doing an evaluation, you got to understand that you're getting closer to that kid's ceiling. Also, he's a kid who's been training extensively for years and years and years and years, which is great. You want to see that. You want to see the work ethic. You want to see the dedication. But again getting closer to his um, um, his ceiling. He's put up great numbers. But look at my rankings. I have Jordan Ship, one of his receivers. Well, let, forget my rankings. He has two wide receivers who are legitimate power five receivers, right? right. Jordan Ship mm-hmm. and Shannon Goodwin, who's committed to Michigan also. In addition to that, he had the, um, the Peel kid who signed with um, – Georgia, right? Last year. Who's so. a DB who also doubled as a receiver. Brody Barnhart, safety, but doubled as a receiver. <laughs> so he's ha- he has really good receivers. And if that wasn't enough for a quarterback, guess who is on his offensive line? Protecting his blind side. Michael Oler. Know? No, the I do number, not. The number one player in the 2025 class, David Sanders. Wow. So, so basically loaded. Yes. And so, so, so could, could you be quarterback on that team? <laughs> I'll get, I think I'll get a lot of trouble if I answer that. I, I think uh, those guys would make me look way better than what I am. Let's just say right. that. Okay. Also, uh, Providence Day, they, they will, their, their schedule, like a lot of the private schools in North Carolina's schedule, is very up and down where you'll play a really good team like a, Charlotte Christian or a um oh that school that um god school that's in Georgia also and they right. will travel and play better teams. They played Weddington to start the season, but they also play some really, really crappy teams. All right. So I think that has helped, you know, his I think his film is gonna look better than maybe what he, he is just because of what he has around him in the competition. And I think you have to factor that in. The other thing is is like if you actually read a lot of the um the stuff about about rankings and how actually the um, 
through time historically it's they tend rankings for defensive players tend to be better than for offensive players and one of the i guess hypotheses why that is is because defense is more of an individualized sport if you're a good defender you it doesn't matter who's around you you're still going to make plays but on offense you can be a great quarterback but if you don't have good receivers that's going to knock your production. If you don't have a great offensive line, that's going to knock your production. You can be on the worst defense, but if you're a great defensive end, you're still going to get some sacks. Maybe not as much as if you had some help, but you're still going to produce. So anyway, so I think that when I look at offensive players, I take that in consideration who's around you. Because I think if you're thrown to Jordan Ship and you're throwing to Channing Goodwin, you're at a huge – I mean, there's – Anyone else have that? Well, I guess Grimsley does have two wide receivers, yeah. five wide receivers, but you know that's just two schools out of a a state that has what three hundred something schools that play football. Yeah, it, it is it's ridiculous the talent level on some of this, some of these rosters. But let me ask you the question, the follow up question, and this is inside Carolina's noon dish, not UM's noon dish. So we're gonna move off of Jaden Davis, but. Connor Harrell also played on a loaded team, did he not? He did. And, and he wasn't a five-star kid, even though he was wildly productive in high school. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And that was one of the things that concerned me when um, when North Carolina was recruiting him. And um, it's interesting that some of the buzz has kind of wore off a little bit from, you know, from him and on, on you know practice, there was a lot of buzz last year in practice about him, but um, yeah, so I mean he'd be a great, a great test case. I mean how much, how much of what he did in um, in high school was because he had a bunch of five stars. I mean he had way better players than Jordan Davis did, yeah, you know. But um, yeah, so that's always was curious to me. I mean it's not a foolproof thing. It, again, it goes back to the art of it. You know, right. it's not a science where every single thing fits. It's more of like kind of an art and you kind of have to, in each situation, kind of weigh things differently. And it's not easy and it's, you know, it's hard. It's so much easier to sit on the sidelines and complain and say, oh, this guy should be in the rankings and, and this guy shouldn't. And well, actually, what more of it is, is I get, why wasn't this guy in the 20, in, the, in your top 25? Right. And my answer is always like, okay, well, so who do we bump out? I mean, someone has to, I mean, cause you go, you can only have 25. If I'm doing a top 25, it's just so easy. And then people are always, this guy should be higher. Well, understand if I put this guy higher, that bumps everybody down at least one spot. And so now are you going to be comfortable with these guys being further down? And a lot of this stuff is just, you're splitting hairs. I mean, I probably, to be honest, if I could somehow erase my memory, if I were to do the top 25 today, it's probably going to be a little bit different, not very much, but there's going to be certain spots that are going to be um, flipped on the ranking just because, you know, it, it's hard. And I, and literally for me with this class in particular, I struggled. I had about five guys I considered for the 25 spot. And that was probably the last thing that I really, really struggled with with putting this together. Who, who should I go with? And I ultimately chose that running back who's committed to Virginia Tech. Um, but there were there were like four other guys who I really liked also. Yeah, it's you know we've discussed rankings and we've discussed stars and all that. Ultimately, for people watching and 
fans of college football and whatever team you, you choose to follow, North Carolina in this regard, I think you have to rely on the staff's ability to do their own evaluations and all because ultimately that's what matters. And rankings, Don, we could go through all these rankings over the years and, and there'll be plenty of names in the top 10 that folks have never heard of since. And mm-hmm. so that's why it is yeoman's work that you do to put it together and you you've talked about the time and all it's interesting to see it how it all plays out when you get down to guys actually producing in college it's one thing to produce in high school it's another to produce in college so i don't want to give away the list too much there are some north carolina commits on there there's some you know schools down the road commits on there and of course there's an alabama commit at the top name me a guy that you thought was, and this is probably easy, that you thought was surefire, can't miss, can't miss. He is going to dominate on the college level. He's going to be an NFL player, and he never did a thing once he arrived on campus, wherever it was. Oh, man. So you're talking about prior class. So um, Doesn't have to be recent. It can be- so, I mean, there's, this is not a good one. This is the first one that popped in my mind, mostly because you mentioned the team down the road was um, Johnny Fraser. Do you remember running back from yeah, uh, Princeton? Princeton? Right down here. Um, a track kid, you know, in 24-7 sports, they value those track numbers, not just in the actual running events, but also, you know, the jumping events and the throwing events. They, they really love that information. They love when you do different sports. Um, and I believe he played baseball also, um, but he ran track, had great track times. And unbelievable film. You know, but uh, and, and now he did have some academic problems. That was the one. Oh, you know what? Elijah Hood kind of disappointed me a little bit. And well, I know he, he was, he was solid at North Carolina, though. I, I mean, I honestly felt like he was watching him in high school. Like this was like a first round draft pick running back because he had the power. He had the speed. I don't think people realize how fast he was. He went to a, a, um, a Nike opening event. Where he he ran a four five five forty right sound doesn't sound that fast right it was actually the fastest time there's five hundred other kids there and it was all top tier recruits because if you actually really if they really get timed electric timed you don't get a whole lot of four fours but anyway yep. so he had legit speed legit power was a smart kid um, throughout high school he was very level headed my understanding things kind of got a little un unlevel there towards the end of his UNC career. But yeah, I was kind of I thought that he could be a little bit more than 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 what he was. Um, and he was he was he was a very good player. I just thought he could be a little bit more. He was to me in person. He was probably the best running back I've seen in person. So, you know, you would think like a guy like that was going to be ranked pretty higher yeah. or it would be drafted a lot higher and have a better NFL career. Yeah, I mean, a lot. so much goes on into it. There's a reason that only one in a million or whatever it is turns out to be. Um, goes from high school to the pros and things like that. You're right. Hood was, I mean, four or five in a truck body. You yeah. Know, you're, not, you're not stopping that too easily. And then Johnny Frazier, of course, down here in Princeton. I mean, when, you, when you're when you from Princeton, you play everything. And, and he, you know, it, he had issues that sort of explain um, out of his control that sort of explain his, and he had some injury issues as well. But, you know, I'm going to know about, or, or as much as I can about the Johnston County folks. But anyway, <laughs> talking to Don Callahan on the noon dish inside Carolina, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. It is 1235. 
So I'm going to talk about Johnny T-Shirt briefly. They're on East Franklin Street right there in the heart of Franklin Street, the heart of Chapel Hill. Visit them in-store or online. Take care of them. Get all your jerseys, uh, you know, a lot of North Carolina sports, not football, not basketball, and even not baseball. And Johnny T-Shirt's got you covered with the soccer jerseys. They've got the schools of journalism shirts, anything you need, and everything you need for a tailgate or a home gate or whatever you choose to do Carolina-related. You can get it from Johnny T-Shirt. Get 10% off your order if you're a premium subscriber. As everybody in the chat, I'm sure, is a premium subscriber. You get that 10% and they always have in sales as well. So check out Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. National guys pay the bills. Be right back. Noon dish with Don Callahan. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Don, looking at your list. Hey, can I can I throw some more names? Yeah, just, I was, was going to say. Just looking, sort of... All right. Um, uh, Quivaris Crouch from Harding. You know, I think he just uh, transferred again. But he was absolutely a man amongst boys on the football field. Helped Harding with their – him and the coach. Too. I think I think uh, Griner had a big part of that too. Um, become a state champion, which is unbelievable. For those who are in the Charlotte area, know how bad that program was and now is. Um, and then the other one, Ryan Jones, another Charlotte kid, I thought he was an unbelievable athlete. Um, I actually had number one in the uh, 20, 2017 class, um, and, and he didn't obviously live up to that. He's another kid transferred, I think, a couple times too. Let me let me flip it for you before we move on. And again, Don's top 25 list is in there. Um, a lot of names that folks that follow North Carolina recruiting will recognize. I like how you've done it uh, with little blurbs about each of them's skills and talent levels. Um, name me a guy that you didn't think would be any good that was a stud in college and maybe even NFL that you totally missed on. I mean, there's, if, if you go and look, like you look in the draft, there was like a kid. Um, I mean, I didn't even know about from actually Garner, I think, who was drafted, the, the one that played at um, Georgia Tech. He was just oh, drafted that in the last was, draft. That was uh, the, the defensive lineman. Yeah. He probably, yeah. Made, a ton of, he probably made a ton of money um, on Saturday night at Keenan Stadium this past year. Yeah. He had several sacks. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, players develop differently um sometimes you know i've seen basketball players um that some folks would recognize the names that never got any better after the eighth grade you know and they're just better than everybody so it's a it is you mentioned the art factor of it you know it reminds me of a guy we'll talk to a little bit later in the summer uh, that was a five star that got dropped down to a four star and people lost their minds um 
I'm not going to call his name. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. And then there's guys that Eric Rust in the chat mentions that didn't get any hype, really. Um, folks thought they could be pretty good. And Javante Williams turns out to be, you know, just a monster at North Carolina. And if he can stay healthy or get healthy in the NFL, who knows how that goes. So a lot of dynamic to it. Don, one of the – I want to get off that and talk about a question that our boy John Siegley sent us. Mm -hmm. um, a couple weeks ago, and then somebody else just really act, uh, ask it in the chat as well. I'm going to throw it up here on the screen for you. Okay. Matt Bunn says, there is a debate on the boards about moving to either SEC or Big Ten and its effects on recruiting. Does conference affiliation matter? Specifically, oh, it smells like I do. Especially, well, I'll give you credit for that. Especially in UNC's typical recruiting area. Uh, I have an opinion, but I'm not the expert. You are, Don. What's your opinion? Let's get your opinion first. I think it would be much easier for North Carolina to recruit in the SEC than it would be in the Big Ten because, quite frankly, everybody wants to go south. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to go north. And the narrative is the SEC, this and that. We see that, and we all know that young people like narratives. It is, it is tough for young people to chart their own paths. The ones that do are usually elite, um, not just in sports and everything. But everybody wants to play in the SEC. Everybody wants to play in warm weather. Everybody wants to play in Death Valley at LSU and Baton Rouge, you know, down there at, in Tuscaloosa and all. I don't know many kids around here, especially in North Carolina's football recruiting footprint, that really care to go play in Minneapolis, Minnesota, or, or, or you know, Wisconsin's a great environment. I don't want to play there in, yeah. in November. So that's my opinion. I think it matters a, a great deal if we're talking about just the recruiting aspect of it, conference affiliation. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think – I think it's difficult to argue with what you said. I think – I don't think it's like an easy – um, answer easy as people think, because I think it matters what happens with those who you're, who you compete against for, for recruits for the most part. And so I think, so I, for, for my own purposes, obviously I pay very close attention to what North Carolina does, but there are, was it five or six programs that I also pay very, very close attention to because North Carolina not always, there's some classes more than others, cross paths with them. NC State, Virginia Tech, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, Clemson. So I guess that's five. Tennessee? Is Tennessee a thing? Tennessee, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't. And I, and I have definitely thought about kind of including that. Because what, I mean, I just with, with my daily activities, I definitely check out those and scope those out. And I definitely, I guess I've started a little bit more with Tennessee. So I could throw those in there. So I think what we have seen, you take like a great test case is Texas A&M, which definitely has, has seen a bump in recruiting since they joined the SEC. And I think, though, what helps them is that Texas, as of right now and previously, was not in the SEC. And neither was Oklahoma, which also recruits heavily in the same territories as Texas A&M. So I think that the um, the advantage is going to be there if you know um, if some of these teams that you're recruiting against 
aren't in the SEC. So obviously Georgia's already there. South Carolina's already there. Does Clemson come there? You know, probably, you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. We don't, no one knows what's going to happen with this. That's the crazy thing. Cause like everybody thinks they know, but nobody has learned from the fact that every single major move that's happened, nobody was predicting. You know, when Texas and Oklahoma went to SEC, nobody was predicting that. When USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten, no one was predicting that. I can go all the way back to, speaking of Texas A&M, I remember there was a uh, a website that reported Texas A&M, Texas A&M going to the SEC, and I can remember listening to pa- uh, Paul Feinbaum on the radio and how he, he had these writers from that website, and he was just ripping these guys about how their information was so wrong. The SEC wouldn't do that. And then guess what happened? The SEC did that. So anyway, so I think that everybody who's trying to predict these things, odds are you're going to be wrong because it's going to go in in, in a different direction. But anyway, I know I went off on on a rabbit hole. I think to answer the question, I think it really matters who else comes, where else do they go? And that's, and how does that impact things? Um, and then so, the other part so, of- so let me okay. clarify for a second because you're confusing me. Okay. So say say state NC State went to the SEC and Carolina went to the Big Ten. That benefits state, right? Or vice versa. I think. Okay, that's interesting. So I think, yeah, I think I think state would probably have an advantage because of what you laid out. Because I think more kids, the SEC definitely in the South has that aura and so i think that would be a ploy that nc state could use that would help them okay i didn't mean to sidetrack you but no you're right but that's that's the kind of the point that i was making is is i think we need there's other variables we need to consider yet let's say north let's say you know north carolina goes wherever big 10 sc okay great where does NC State go? Where does Virginia Tech go? Where does Clemson go? Because I think that matters. Because let's say hypothetically, and, and this is very likely not going to happen, if North Carolina, Virginia Tech, NC State, Clemson all go to the SEC, does North Carolina have this advantage now? Because everybody everybody else has it. Yeah, so wash. Yeah, so that's what I'm kind of saying. Um, so um, I think, though, you know, yeah, so I guess going to the SEC probably benefits more um in general but the other thing too is like this is and i'm gonna get in trouble for for beating down north carolina but i'm just all right i'm gonna get tommy in trouble you're not getting me in trouble because i've got my opinions and it doesn't really matter about all right so last year how good was it was acc coastal that was weak i mean Certainly the it, narrative was weak. Everybody was basically the same. So you, know? you take what North Carolina did based off of what they did in the coastal and you put North Carolina into the SEC, what happens? Because I, I think even the weaker we, we I think we can agree, even though it's tough, but the the SEC East is probably weaker than the SEC West, although you have Georgia and South Carolina, Tennessee in the East. So um I mean, which one? Which one would you say is weaker, the West or the East, and the SEC? Uh, I would think the East is. You okay, know, I would agree with that. Over overall, I think the East so, is. So North Carolina, based on who they played and how they played, how do you think they would have fared last year in the SEC East? 
I don't know if you can do the transitive property type thing. Buck's always talked about you can't, I, you know, if you look at it in terms of Carolina's defense had some issues. Mm-hmm. The offense stagnated out. We can talk about why that happened after Wake Forest. There's a lot of different opinions on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. You can't but really. I yeah, but I don't no. know if you could look at it because everybody that was watching, say, the Oregon-Carolina game just assumed mm-hmm. Carolina was going to get blitzed out, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't. Um, You're right. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So I, I mean, yes. If I look at it in first blush, and I and I do like a lot of people do, and I say, oh, if they join the SEC, they're going to be Vanderbilt. I don't think you can do it that way. Yeah, you know, I, you're, yeah, you're so, right. It, that's probably not fair. But I think. See, I got to keep you straight to, and narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I and and I'm a big person who's who's kind of on that. I think though, that. Yeah, I mean, I. I think based off of what we've seen from both, yes, North Carolina is probably not like a complete comparison, but there is. All right, let, let's put it like this. Let's put in percentages. Where are the chances North Carolina is a now the SEC is probably going to they're probably going to change all this stuff with the, the with the divisions anyway, so it's probably completely moot. But let's just take the SEC East. Would North Carolina, if they th- were thrown in there, would they be contending for that division title, be in the middle, or be in the bottom on a yearly base or yearly basis? I think I mean, Carolina. Given the, given the, I think if Carolina moved to the SEC East, mm-hmm. I, I think there would be a growing pain. But I think eventually, they would be in the upper upper yeah that upper echelon of the SEC East every year because you have money. You'd have you know a heck of a lot more people would be wanting to give in to the NIL, uh, you know, and pay. People want all the high level recruits. You got to pay for them. I mean, those schools do it, and it's quote unquote legal these days. And then, who in the SEC East is really threatening besides Georgia? You know, is South Carolina? Should they be? Would they be if Carolina and North Carolina and South Carolina were on equal footing? I don't think so. What? Um, I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee pushed. Tennessee. I mean, I, I just I think I think Carolina. You know, you talk about the rising tide raises all ships. I I think that. But has that happened for Vanderbilt? Because, I mean, really, if you want to compare North Carolina to any program in the SEC, who does it mimic more from fan base, from the stature and all that? And, And I mean, does it, you know. Georgia or or Virginia or Vanderbilt, which one does it mimic more? I think it's way closer to Vanderbilt than it is Georgia. And I'm not saying I'm just kind of throwing out here. I mean, I think it's a good conversation and, and I appreciate your honesty. Someone mentioned that Missouri did well. Well, how is Missouri doing now? You know what I mean? Um, They also kind of, some of this, I mean, I'm talking more on the average year. There are going to be years where these programs are going to be down. Not all of them are going to be up forever. Uh, maybe Kirby stays at Georgia for as long as he can, you know, but we, things end at some point. Yeah. But I mean, if, if, if I'm a, a fan of a school mm-hmm. and I go nine and three or eight and four in the best conference in the land, I'm a little more excited than I am about going nine and three or eight and four in one of the worst conferences. 
narrative okay. speaking you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um and, and i think and i think it, it's, it's sort of a tidal wave or or snowball effect if if that happens you know you got to win sure you have to win but it's a chicken or egg do you win first or, or does everything i think carolina fan base would need to get involved more and maybe they yeah, would no absolutely um and that's what know. it comes down to too i mean because really carolina can do really well in the acc if the fans and and really the people the unfortunate thing is that the people who are in here right now and the people who are spending a lot of time on inside carolina those aren't the fans that we're talking about there are other fans who don't because i imagine if you're spending your lunch break in a in a youtube chat listening to two morons talk about unc then you probably are pretty diehard and probably do all that you possibly can to support the program. So we're not talking about, at least I'm not talking about you guys, yeah. um, but there are others who just don't support it like they, they need to, or they can, their, their yeah. full extent. And it's not just buying tickets. It's going and, and yeah. things like that. So, I mean, that is one thing. I think South Carolina went 0-11 one year during Holtz, and they sold out Bryce, Williams-Bryce, every, every game. Well, the, yeah, those fans, those fans are absolutely nuts. And I don't um, care what people say that there's that's the only thing to do in Columbia, South Carolina. I've been down there. Yeah. It was like deliverance and it was 150 <laughs> degrees. No, it is terrible. But they were in the building. But I, mean, it's still, I mean, all that stuff doesn't matter. They are they are dedicated and they show out. They come to I went to the Gator Bowl. I think it was mm-hmm. the Gator. Yeah, when they play Notre Dame. And we were on the Notre Dame side, and there was more South Carolina fans in our section than Notre Dame fans. Yeah. You know? And so, um, I mean, they have a good fan base. For whatever yeah. reason, they have a good fan base, and that matters. They pay money. They show up. They go to the bowl games. They do all these sort of things, and that, and that, and that matters. Yeah. How much I, of that is because they're in the SEC, though? Do you think they would be that way if they were? Because they were a founding member of the ACC, were they not? Yep. yep. So how, So, and I know we can never answer this this correctly but i mean would they be so passionate if they, they were in the acc i think so because clemson's is pretty passionate too and they definitely put money into their program i just think the um the mentality in south carolina is way different in north carolina i go yeah. to a high school football in south carolina and i'm on the sidelines and one of the first questions i'm asked if they don't know i'm a media member is if i'm a south carolina fan or a clemson fan you don't get that in north carolina I thought you were going to say, you better get the hell out of here. Get, off the <laughs> get out of here, Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> they hear you talk and they're like, yep, you don't belong here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting discussion. I just think that, you know, I, I think the, it would trend way up if it, if Carolina went south. And I think it would help in all, in all aspects of it. If they went to the Big Ten, I mean, ultimately, I think it's a money thing and money matters, but. I, I think as far and maybe I'm just because I'm from the South, um, you know, I just think to go back to the original question some 30 minutes ago, it seems like <laughs> I think that it affects Carolina. I think recruiting in both conferences affect Carolina. But to Don's point, just so people are, are clear on our, our, our stands here, our, our points is that if everybody else in the area is in the same place, then it doesn't really matter. So yeah. if every, every, all the North Carolina schools went to the Big Ten or all the North Carolina schools went to the SEC, it's a wash either way. If they fractured and split, which 
folks can thanks the, thank the people in Raleigh that um, if there's a split between NC State and North Carolina, I would I would probably kill over and die if they allowed so that. You to would happen. not want them to split up. No, I'd want them to split. Oh, you do. Okay. I, I if I'm a fan of either school, I'd want them to split, and I would wager, I would bet you that the overwhelming majority of North Carolina fans would love to see them split. And if you took a silent vote, the overwhelming majority of NC State fans would want them to have to be tied together yeah. because of the North Carolina name, what Feinbaum talked about and what everybody talks about. Everybody's worried about North Carolina getting left behind, and this is a discussion we've had for five years now. They ain't getting left behind. It's like you're not going to jump Titanic before you take that that necklace you know, you get that necklace off and take it with you before everything goes down. I think, uh, you know, I don't know. Is it a moot point? I don't know. It keeps coming well, back I mean, up. And, and Yeah. I mean, could it be a moot point? Because do these conferences want to expand? And I don't know if, I mean, at least right now they don't, or maybe they're, maybe the, um, the, uh, the, the, what is it called? Agreement is just impenetrable. Right. So they can't right. do anything right. about it. But, um, Somebody I mean, mentioned a magnificent, magnificent seven, magnificent seven on on there where they've talked about how the seven ACC schools want to get out. And how, I think Carolina if, needs to be a leader in that. They won't be though. But if if it was something they could get out of, don't you think they would be out of it already? I would I would assume so. I mean, there but hasn't I'm been not... anything that has really truly been like a challenge. It's just kind of investigating. But yeah, so so to answer the original question in a vacuum. I think the SEC makes the most sense in a vacuum, yeah. but I think realistically um, it matters what happens with all these other teams. It could be a moot point. It could be just, you know, what, what happens with these schools and just kind of what happens in general with, with all this stuff. Yeah. Great discussion. I, I mean, uh, it is a fascinating discussion. It's probably one we'll be having until 2036, which, I don't. I, I'll be here. I'll still be around in 2036. God willing. Are you sure? I know you will be. I might be <laughs> yelling at clouds and walking in and out of houses with my old top hat on, like Homer Simpson does. Mm. Let's talk about the top five before we get out of here. And thank everybody for for listening to the hey, noon dish. I, real quick, so I have not been able. I guess I guess YouTube won't let me post the the link. Can you not post links in the chat? I don't know why not. I have before, but I don't have it. Yeah, maybe oh, here I'll try it again um, on my computer, maybe. But um, I so I tweeted out the link that people need to really check out. Okay, I think the subject of the tweet also tweeted it out, if I saw correctly. Let me talk about this top five list. We don't okay. want people. Lunch hours are an hour, or lunch times are an hour at least. You yeah, know, we got three minutes. The state. All right, top five list. We said last week it was gonna be top five scary list. There's several in the chat. I see one who lists my number one or my number two, which is pretty impressive. Oh, Don, there I got it. Don, let's go. What is your top? What are your top well, five? Yeah, read movies? the other people's. All right. Alan Minton, The Conjuring, Poltergeist, Cujo, Nightmare on M Street, Children of the Corn. That's solid work. Yeah. That's solid work. You, I need your focused attention right here, Callahan. Dude, I I, I multitask with the best of them. So you got. I'm looking. So all right. So you did, Alan. Um, Carlton. Um, you want me to click on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, five. What is that? 
Phantasm. I've seen Phantasm. it. I can't really remember it. Yeah, uh, Race with the Devil, Friday the 13th, Original Shining, and Cujo. Cujo was a good one. Um, you want to read the – is there another one? Paul H. Paul H. has had some good questions here. Uh, Exorcist. I, I refused to watch that movie for years after seeing it when it first came out. And I was born in 71, so do your math. Whoa, you're old. My brothers made Tommy, me watch you're not going to make it to 2036. I'll make it. I might be old, but I'll make it. Poltergeist, another classic. You know what's uh, relevant to these movies right here? They're all in the 70s. Psychos might, Psycho might be in the 60s. I can't remember when the original Psycho came out. But Exorcist, Poltergeist, Shining, Psycho, Halloween. That's, that, that's top shelf there. Preston. Poltergeist, Shining, Exorcist, Amityville Horror, and the classic or the class that saved Coach K on ACC Network. <laughs> if, if if they Preston had to play, if they had to play that show on their VHS tape, they'd have worn that tape out long time ago. As many times yeah. as they show it on there. So, what's your list? All right. So my list. All right. Last week we did streaming, and I take a lot of pride in that. Because I'm a big oh by the way. Oh tell me we gotta talk. I watched you tried your show. Justify? You tried justify? I didn't like it. Why how do you not like because that? Because it's one of those unrealistic ones where you, like the cop who breaks the rules and but has this great intuition and and never sweats and just so good. I mean, I've seen that in some sort of oh, way before God. and it's so unrealistic. On all these things, especially when he shoots the one guy and they're like, weren't you trained to shoot for the heart? And he's like, I did. I did aim for the heart. And blah, blah. so, of course, the guy survived. Uh, I was like, oh, I made it through a, an episode and a half. And I was like, tell me we got to do better. Okay? What did you say your best one was? For what? Your, what was your best streaming series? Breaking Bad. That's realistic as hell. Some white dude <laughs> cooking meth. With Jesse or whatever his name is, come on, man. I it could it could happen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's 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 try it, Tommy. Let's go, move on. Go get a van and let's do this. Look, I went. <laughs> we went out to. Uh, I had to go for my old prior life. We had to go to New Mexico and in Arizona, and we drove on that. Have you ever been driven out there? It's like flat, and it's I have, like well. So I I've driven through Kansas. Well, and it's probably why. similar, right? And yeah. you, and we would see like every few miles, it felt like there was a camper off the side of the road in the in the desert, <laughs> like Breaking Bad, Water yeah. Watch over there. Anyway, scary movies. Let's get back on task. Okay, so yeah, so please don't take my list all that seriously. I kind of threw this together, and I don't. I'm not a big scary movie person, mostly because I don't get scared by them. Number five went Exorcist, just because this is a classic. Um, I did not see it when it came out in 1971 or whenever it was. <laughs> uh, um, now, the, the the movie for me that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid was Pet Cemetery. So I put that on there. Yeah, the original Pet Cemetery. And I kind of swear like when they remade it and they kind of changed things just slightly. So it kind of threw you off a little bit. If I had a camera, I could move. I've got that movie poster on my oh, wall. Oh, do you? Okay. Um, I put Silence of the Lambs. I don't know if that's really a scary movie or more of kind of like a thriller or whatever. Um, the other one I put was more new. Us. Have you seen that? Us. Uh, yeah, I think so. That's um. where where they. 
Is it Tyler Perry? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really so weird, weird, but kind of yeah. creepy. And so the movies that I was on a kick on a long time ago, and people are going to make fun of me for this, and that's fine. I mean, I, you know, go for it. Paranormal activity. Man, that stuff is so stupid. Just because the fact <laughs> that I could see, you know, you you're, you wake up in the middle of the night, you hear a noise, and like, <laughs> what is that? You know what I mean? So, Albert yeah. Tucci corrected me. It was Jordan Peele movie. Um, yes, Jordan Peele. Sorry about that. Tyler Perry. Uh, that's Medea. All right, is that your top five? That is my five. Paranormal Activity is your number one scary movie. I'm not a scary movie person. I just I'm more drama. What scares you? Realistic scares stuff or like? Um, I guess it's more of so the whole paranormal stuff. I don't watch a whole lot of it, but I have like where they kind of like the fact that ghosts could be real sort of thing. Like I don't believe it, but there is a doubt in my mind that may, what if you know what I mean? That scares me. Do, I'm not have you ever been sitting? Or... Have you ever been sitting in your house and in like maybe you're solo in the house and you feel like a cool breeze? Like yeah, like stuff like that. By? I think that's a ghost. Yeah. Top yeah. five movies in no order for me. I'm gonna have to. You you brought it up. Exorcist. That movie. You gotta start putting yours in order. Man, I don't have it because I draw them out of a hat. Exorcist. When that woman walked down those steps. Spider walked down those steps. I was scarred for life. Might explain a lot. The movie came out in '73. I'm, I didn't see, I didn't see it in the movie theater. So whenever yeah, right. Showtime had a free weekend, <laughs> or somebody had to take, I had, a, I used to have a VCR with the the remote was on a cord plugged into the VCR and it loaded in top. So that tells you how old. Uh, top five scary hey, movies so, for me. So- um carlton is right i mean i almost put blair witch i felt like blair witch and paranormal activity were kind of sort of the same sort of idea so that blair was witch did not get good until the very end was in the corner yeah that was freaky though that was and, and the thing with that one and i probably should have done blair witch instead of paranormal activity but the thing with that is and i'm sure you growing up the country have you ever been lost in the woods before yeah 100 i've been lost in the neighborhood crap out of you <laughs> So, yeah, so you can kind of relate to some of those where you hear the noises and you're just hoping. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, Tommy. Um, so there's a movie, and I can't call it right now, but it's a, their grandparents. The kids get dropped off to their grandparents. It's fairly new. They get dropped off to the grandparents, but they're not really their grandparents. And the mom or the grandmom is like some sort of demon. And she, I don't know. I can't remember the name of that movie. Um, okay. I'll, I'll figure it out. It. I used to hate clowns, dude. I would not go near a clown. If you had a clown, no, no, no. I love it. My uh, by, my by my daughter my loves it, and I had a friend who was petrified of of uh, clowns. Yeah, it, I got it posters over there on my wall. I swore I'd never like a clown. That movie <laughs> is fantastic. When he comes out and he says, "Is it is it real enough for you?" Oh, that's that's epic. Okay, part two, or, or excuse me, my number one without a question is Nightmare on M Street, the first one. It's okay. the only movie I've had nightmares about. <laughs> I used to, Freddy Krueger came to me in my dreams repeatedly um, after that. Another movie that I think is pretty scary, it's not actual scary movie, but it is scary, is The Gift. Um, it has Katie oh. Holmes in it. It has, I believe it's Keanu Reeves in it. It's, it's, 
it's got a few years on it. Um, it's pretty scary just because it, that kind of stuff I think can really happen. It does really happen. It's got some DV, uh, domestic violence type stuff in it. So I got Elm street, the gift exorcist. You mentioned pet cemetery. I'll steal that from you. And I'll tell you one that's really in the, the new remake of nightmare on M street is great. That's on my wall as well. Okay. And you met in, and some people have mentioned this, and I like the original Halloween, and I like the Halloween series until they blew it on the last one. But Rob Zombie's Halloween, have you ever seen that? Well, um, actually, there was no, what was it? Rob Zombie had a couple movies that were kind of scary. Like House kinda, of a Thousand Dead or... Yeah, kind of scary, kind of creepy sort of stuff, you know. Watch, watch the first, watch Rob Zombie's Halloween I'm trying to look and see when it came out. Well, it came out on August 31st of some year, but that movie is disturbing. And uh, I'm I'm kind of with you though. Scary movies don't really scare you. The yeah. Conjuring, the first Conjuring is probably the best. Devil movie. Creepy, like The Grudge was kind of creepy. I saw that in theaters. That was kind of creepy. Just just ninety percent of the time, a scary movie gets stupid at the end. They all yeah. do. Yeah. Like like The Nun. The Nun had some cool scenes, and it just got totally dumb. Yeah. yeah. But the first Conjuring and all, I was trying to look around my room because I'm a movie person. But, uh, but yeah, it is a, it's a fascinating. What's going to be our top five for next week? What are you going to do? Top five candy bars? No. Top five candy bars? No. Nah, that's too easy. We've done that before. I, I'll tell you what, folks, give us some suggestions in the chat or on the on the inside carolina and we'll think of a good top five list and, and we'll advertise it i said uh somebody says i gave south carolina billboard material um, what, was it, what was it that you said that was billboard i don't know i said i felt like it was at deliverance <laughs> trying <laughs> to get is. down there i look the place is amazing the environment's amazing but there was some scenes going to the game and if they need me it's for my, billboard material they going, are in trouble um when I was going down for the Atlanta Under Armour camp, recent this most recent one, and my GPS for some reason took me off the highway. I think there was an accident or something like that. But anyway, and I'm driving, and I'm like, and it wasn't even deliverance sort of thing. It was like kind of sort of city-like, and there was just some very interesting things going on on the sides. And I'm like, man, please don't break down. Please don't break down. <laughs> <laughs> the South Carolina stuff that is hilarious but yeah i don't think they need our billboard material if they yeah. do um somebody please point it out to me so i can take credit for it but so sean it never showed up it is not an original statement he'll list okay. uh he, he'll uh he'll show up he'll post right. in so top five, to sean all right we're gonna do top five musical bands music acts we can do that okay that could be very varied because everyone's going to have different tastes, but all right. Let's do that. Okay. Talk and we'll do one of those other, we'll, Charles Dyer, Billy Collins, we'll, we'll sort of throw those in during the show. But top five bands, you have to like them. Not top five in you know the world or whatever. Don't be coming out with the Beatles and Rolling Stone <laughs> and, and all I that. like the Beatles and Frank Sinatra. Your, your favorite. Your favorite. If I were to snatch your iPod or okay. your... Uh, your little MP3 player that we, what, or your Walkman, what would I be playing on your mixtape? That's what we need. Okay. Top five next week, folks. Top five bands. And I'm going to add a caveat. 
No, because you probably don't go to concerts. I was going to say you've had to see so, them live. So I, I don't go to concerts for myself. My wife actually has that lawn pass. She's so excited about it for, um, what's that place? Walnut Creek. Well, yeah, I don't Walnut know what Creek. it's called. Now. Coastal Credit. Music. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. So she goes to a ton. So every once in a while, I'll get looped in with her. So, but I'm no, a, I'm not someone you want to ask about mu- music stuff. All right. Well, top five music bands. Right, your cool. favorite. What's on your Walkman? All right. Let's do this. All right. You've been listening to the Noon Dish. Just a little past one. Shout out to the group of folks that have been hanging out with us here on Wednesday, May the 24th. We'll be back next week for another edition. Don will set the agenda. I will create the flow. He will come through with the information and we'll have that top five list to close it out. Don Callahan, I'm Tommy Ashley. It's been Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com production. John Siegley, shout out for all the help. Michelle Hillison, Ben, and all the folks at Inside Carolina. We'll be back next week.